Hey everybody, this week's episode of the r and r Show is brought to you by Priorities, a party game of absurd choices. And if you'd like to see how it works, hang on folks, we're going to play a quick round and you can join in. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And welcome, friends, to the r and r or as I call it, the r show. Uh, my name is Ruel Gabula, joined today by a very special guest, Grant Lyon and Alex Hart, fellow contributors here on the Rado Runstry channel. Alex, Grant, how the heck are y'all? Hey, good. Thanks for Glad having Glad to be here. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Yeah. So happy to see y'all here. Uh, folks, we do an extended a show live on Twitch. If you want to check out all the shenanigans that we we're up to earlier, hit the show notes below, click on the link, and you'll see all that. But first, I want to kick things off with um, this wonderful game. Uh, I want to thank uh, Clarendon Games for sponsoring us. We are playing some priorities and we're just we're going to show you all how to play the game right here right now um it's a fun little party game that you can uh, order now the show notes will have the link um there's a bunch of cards in this box here and i've just randomly chosen five sort of randomly um and what we're going to do is we're going to rank them because what's going to happen is we're trying to um spell the word priorities and to do that you're going to rank these and then the the words or the ones that you correctly rank you're going to flip them over and there's going to be little letters on these and you're going to try to spell out the word priorities it's a cooperative word game and what alex and grant and i are going to do we're going to rank these according to what we think richard is going to rank them number one through five love uh he likes number one the most to number five the least so the cards that we have are alone time woolly sweaters artisanal chocolate Late Nights, and finally, Marvel Films. So what do we think... Yeah, what, what do we think Richard loves the most and loves the least, or loves the least? We'll start with one through five. Alex and uh, Grant, do you have any idea? Like, I I sort of have an idea, but I don't know. What, what do y'all think? Uh, uh, he does live in sweater weather, but I wouldn't put that number one. But I yeah. think that's probably a good thing not a bad thing sure uh, he does like to go on to like streams late at night sometimes i've i've been on streams with him late at night but okay you also you you know him better than yeah. i do Ruel. Like, um, i know well, i don't know about the marvel films like that's the thing that that one yeah. is like you either love it or you hate it. i've never heard him talk about it but does yeah. that mean i don't know is that like He's yeah. only so-so on it. He doesn't care for them. I don't know. And I, alone time is like for a content creator, you know, it's like actually you kind of do value alone time. I don't know. He like he yeah, likes dude. to go off on his trips in his this in his like uh, you know, trailer. So yeah. Yeah. I I would guess Marvel films are up there because I know he loves the MCU. Whenever we do the show together, okay. he loves the MCU and we talk about that. Late nights, I, yeah, I, I'm assuming he's a late. Like Grant, you said you've been on streams with him. Right? You know, I've been on stuff. streams. Like I've yeah. been on. Um, he does. He used used to join this. Uh, I don't know if you know Lance Meister oh, had yes. like. Uh, yes. And so I've been on there with like Rado. You know, decently late night. Right. It's not like three a.m., but it's like you know. 
<laughs> it's like 11 or midnight. Yeah. So, okay. So we're going to, I don't know how he feels about woolly sweaters. Now he does live in a colder area like Grant. Yeah. Saying, so. So what well, do we think? Super excited about woolly sweaters. That's what I'm saying. I feel like he's a he's more of a hoodie guy, though. Oh, yeah. good call, good call. And I know he has a sweet tooth for sure. He's always talking about sweets, mm. you know. So artisanal chocolate. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. What do we think is the most? What, what do y'all? Um, huh. I would go either Marvel films or chocolate as number one because okay. those are both things that people feel pretty passionate about. Yeah. Does that sound good, Alex? I, I like that. I like that. Okay. Sure. Why don't we go with Marvel Films? So, as you can see, folks, uh, here you would write Marvel Films, or you, they have a handy-dandy little number here. So I'm going to write 130, because that's Marvel Films. We'll do that number one. And we'll go to the chocolate, which is a number eight on the card. So we'll put eight. So now we have three left. We have Alone Time, Woolly Sweaters, and Late Nights. You know, I feel like woolly sweaters could can be a little polarizing, right? Because it's like sometimes they're cozy, but sometimes they're scratchy, right? And if we if yeah. I haven't seen him wear a woolly sweater and we live in the Pacific Northwest, you know, I'm like, yeah, he probably is. I, I would say he's lower on the list of priorities for woolly <laughs> right. sweaters. Okay. So we could probably put woolly sweaters last. What do you think about that, guys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay, I feel good about that. But like sometimes this game has actual bad ones. This this was a tough round because there's no like really bad things. Yeah, here. I know. Yeah. And you know, I said I picked them randomly. I sort of fibbed on that. I you know wanted to pick them so it's a little tougher on us, right? We we gotta go like difficult mode here. We're all mm -hmm. gamers. So alone time or late nights. What is what do you think Richard's more into? Hmm. I'm going late. I would I go late nights. Late nights at three. Yeah. 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 I'm okay. with that. I'm with that. Yeah. Again, as a content creator, we know we've got late nights in us and uh, lone time though. Oh, I'm... Look, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what we have then we have, um, let's see, one thirty Marvel films. First, we have number eight artisanal, artisanal chocolate, uh, one fifty seven, which is late nights, Alone Time 110, and then finally 95 Woolly Sweaters. That sounds good. And I'll say about Alone Time, I sure hope that it's lower on the list, because I'm going to see him tomorrow, and so <laughs> I'd hate for it to be number one on his list, and then it's like barging into his house tomorrow and be like, hope you didn't like your Alone Time. <laughs> well, maybe you could bring some artisanal chocolate, Alex. Yeah, oh, yeah. good idea, good idea. Okay, great. Uh, let's find out what Richard says right here. Richard, how did you rank these Okay, moment of truth time. I can't wait to see how close you guys uh, get it. But uh, this morning, as a thought exercise, I told my wife, Jen, hey, honey pie, five topics. How would I rank them? She nailed it. Five out of five. Didn't make a mistake. Let's see if you folks can reach up to that. Um, and uh, definitely, anybody watching the show, pause right now and write down in the comments how you think I'm going to rank those four before I reveal. Just for fun. Uh, but anyway, folks... Uh, I think I am pretty predictable, so I think there's no surprise that number five, the least liked, the most loathed for me, is woolly sweaters. Um, I mean, just look at all these people. Do any of them truly look happy? They're scratchy, or even if they're not, they always kind of hang weird. I'm just not a fan. Give me a nice hoodie any day of the week over a woolly sweater. 
blasphemy for some, I am sure. Um, let's see. What was number four on the list? Uh, this might surprise some people. Artisanal chocolate. I mean, look at them. They are delicious looking. But dirty little secret time, given my druthers... I think I'd rather have a Snickers, quite frankly, or true blasphemy, a Hershey's kiss. Oh yeah, folks, I I know I have to rescind my British passport now that I could ever suggest such a thing, but hey, the heart wants what the heart wants, and that's the flavors I grew up with in America. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I will happily take any of these too. But anyway, moving on to my number three favorite thing, it's going to be late nights, although not for the reasons represented in any of these stock images off of the Google search. Um, it's because... After Jen goes to sleep, usually around 11 o'clock at night, that's when I can finally start watching all the shows and movies and YouTube videos that I want to watch that Jen doesn't care about. So it gives me a chance to catch up on my favorite pastime, even more than board games, which is consuming copious amounts of media. And uh, I am nowhere near as cool as all this. I don't go out for the nightlife. I just lie down on the couch and binge watch all kinds of stuff, which is why the night light or light night is very important to me but in much the same way these two are almost interchangeable alone time because it doesn't have to be late at night after Jen goes to sleep that I can catch up on all the videos I want to watch I can do it anytime day or night although again when I do it I do not look anywhere near as cool as all these professional models who um, look like they're getting their best alone time but to me I think they're all incredibly bored I'd much rather be watching a movie or a TV show from in my alone time from maybe my number one choice had to be the Marvel films, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, heck, Endgame is my number one uh, favorite movie of all time. Although, really, I combine Infinity War and Endgame into one six-hour movie because that's the only way to watch it. I love this stuff. I grew up make mine Marvel, reading all the comic books, and I live in a golden era that I get to enjoy all my favorite all-time characters brought to life beautifully on the screen. I am not sick and tired of this stuff. Unlike some people, I think they're still knocking it out of the park. I mean, this week is the final episode of Secret Invasion. I'm so excited. But anyway, yeah, that's my number one. So what do you think? I know Ruel got at least this one right, right? We did get that one right. Thank you, Richard. Yes. So Marvel Films, number one. I was surprised that Artisanal Chocolate dropped all the way down to number four. But the way Richard explained, I guess it makes sense. You know, I... No, I said he's wrong. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. He's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he loves the Snickers, man. What can yeah. I say? I'll just bring him a Snickers tomorrow so I can break up his alone time. You're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, as you see here, friends, we've got uh, Marvel films we got correct. Uh, number two, we said artisanal chocolate when it was actually alone time. Number three, late nights was right on the money. And then again, number four, alone time, uh, it's actually artisanal chocolate. And finally, last is woolly sweaters. So, that's a round well, we of priorities. And to three score, out of five, that's not bad. That's not you bad at all, that. right? Three out of five is yeah. excellent, I think. Um, so, Marvel films, uh, late nights, and woolly sweaters we got correct. So, after the round, you just flip these over. See what letters you got. We've got an S, an RTS. Okay, great. So this goes to us as a team, Alex, Grant, and I, and Richard. And then these two go to the game. So they have an I and S. So the um, object of the game is to spell priority first before the game does, and then you win the game. So that's how you play priorities, folks. Be sure to hit the show notes below for the link to check out all that uh, great gaming. Thanks to our sponsor, Clarendon Games. And now... We move on to 
the top 12 games coming up here at Gen Con. Gen Con 2023, folks, after this video hits uh, YouTube, we've got about a week. So we're going to give you a bunch of games here that we're really excited about. And the way we went about it is these are games that are actually going to be for sale at Gen Con. Yes, there's going to be a lot of demos. You'll see some prototypes and whatnot. We're talking about the ones that you can get right there at the show. No pre-order. Just go there with, you know, cold hard cash or, you know, your ATM card or whatever. Pay for it and you got a great game there. So uh, before we get going, Alex, uh, Grant, anything that you want to talk about as far as your approach to uh, the list today? Yeah, I mean, I just was, I mean, this is just things I'm excited about. Some of them I have played and some of them I have not played. That wasn't like a rec, that wasn't a requirement for me to like have, mm -hmm. you know, some of them I played a prototype uh, at one point. Now I'm like super stoked that other people can like experience the game in the world because I think it's so great. And some of them are ones that I've just like seen at, you know, maybe I saw them at Gamma. Maybe I saw it at Origins. I saw the demo copy, but now it's going to be available and I'm super excited for it, you know, to actually get to try it and stuff. Nice. Sure. What about you, Alex? Yeah. Any thoughts on... Yeah. I mean, my list is... I like to approach it almost like watching the trailer for a movie. You know, I like, I, I want it not, I want to know, I don't want to know too much information about it, I think, because I don't want it to taint like the way that I go into the demo or the playing of it if I haven't played it before. So uh, generally, you know, I'll do my research, you know, take a look in, and a lot of times I look at publishers or designers and kind of have that kind of have a little bit of pedigree there, but you know, I, I'm I, I'm pretty fast and loose with my my rankings and things like that. I just uh, if if it looks cool uh, and it seems like I would enjoy it, I played a bunch of games at this point, so I'm pretty good at guessing the things that I would like. So nice. uh, hopefully, you can get on the same page as that. All right, cool. Thank you, friends. And why don't we jump into it, Grant? We're gonna give the honors to you, my friend. We're gonna kick things off uh, with our number twelve. What do you got for us at the twelve slot, my friend? In 12, this was already mentioned to us earlier in a chat in the pre-show. It is Freelancers, a Crossroads game. Um, so this is like the sequel to uh, Forgotten Waters from Plaid Hat Games. This is, you know, not a sequel in the sense that it's like the same sort of game system, but it's not the same world at all, you know? This is... Whereas Forgotten Waters was all pirates, this is more fantasy RPG uh, themed. I loved Forgotten Waters for how immersive it was. There was an app, and the app had some of the best voice acting I've ever seen in a game and stuff. And, and so Forgotten Waters was a game where you just got to go on this epic journey with the people you were playing with. And I'm hoping that freelancers sort of does the same thing um, for me. Um, the other thing that makes me excited about this is Forgotten Waters is a great game, but also not a game that you can get to the table that often because it's a very long experience. Well, at least on BGG, Freelancers has a shorter playing time than Forgotten Waters does. And so, you know, whereas Forgotten Waters is like, they're saying like four hours a lot of times. This says like, 90 to 180 minutes. So I would love a little bit shorter of an experience, but still that sort of super immersive, great voice acting, adventure storytelling type of game. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I was yeah. excited to uh, see this on your list, Grant, 
because it may have made my list too. I mean, it did. It made my list. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the whole crossroads system, I'm a huge fan of Dead of Winter and um, Forgotten Waters, just very immersive narratives. And, you know, you hit on the point that I wanted to hit as well, Grant. Like, it takes everything and makes it even more streamlined and quicker to play, which I think makes yeah. it easier to get to the table. Because you're right, Forgotten Wars, as much as I loved it, it was tough to get to the table because, you know, the games tended to be a little longer. Um, yeah. What about you, Alex? What do you think of uh, Freelancers? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love Forgotten Waters as well. You know, such an immersive storytelling as someone who, you know, dabbles in D&D as well, right? It's like a kind of an RPG light, uh, which I thought was really fantastic. And so Freelancers was definitely on my list as well. Didn't quite make the top three, but I, uh, you know, I'm excited to to kind of see this system evolve, right? You know, the Crossroads system has been something that they've been kind of tinkering with ever since Dead of Winter, right? So I can imagine that, you know, they're continuing to get feedback. They're just continuing to improve that system. And, and I like that it's a little bit more accessible, a little bit faster, a little bit more rules light. So all of those things just make it feel like it's going to be a winner for me, too. Awesome. And, yeah. And one last thing I would note is that I have a, a blind relative. And so I'm always looking for games that I can play um, with her, my aunt, um, at like holiday gatherings. And I think these types of games, like Forgotten Waters, was a game that we all played together one holiday time because the storytelling is so uh, immersive, mm-hmm. uh, you know, through audio that it's something where, you know, even if you're placing a worker for them, they still feel involved in things like that. So I like it for that reason. Oh, that's too. awesome. I, yeah, yeah. That, that's a wonderful thing to, you know, bring about. Um, have you played that game, Nyctophobia, um, Grant? I know. I think that one it came out a few years ago and it was literally the, the woman who designed it. It was for her, I think, uncle who was blind and she yeah. created a game. It was like a tile laying game, but it was all, um, the, the theme was, you know, you were, you know, in the dark or whatever. So you literally oh, had to put these uh, dark sunglasses on so you could not see. And you had to feel your way around this maze oh, that's or whatever. really cool. Yeah, yeah I should pretty definitely cool. check that out. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So, yeah. uh, Alex, what do we got for number 11? Okay, number 11. I've got one of the newest titles in the Oink Games line, the prestigious Oink Games line. It is Tiger and Dragon. So Tiger and Dragon is a new implementation of a classic Japanese game called Goita. And I I really was intrigued by this one. Obviously, Oink Games does a fantastic job with all of their art and all of their production. That's kind of... Uh, uh, a bar that they've set really high to begin with, but I love what they're doing in sort of taking this traditional game and streamlining it and making it a little bit more accessible to the common person, because, you know, these traditional games, a lot of times they're just passed down like word of mouth. Like if you try to look up the rules for these types of games online, it's very difficult to find consistent resources about how to play. And everybody's got their kind of their own house rules and own traditions and things like that. So with these sort of like Asian folk games, you know, I've played a number of different Korean card games and games with the Hanafuda deck as well, that it's difficult to, to know exactly if you're playing the rules, right? So I, I really am excited to see sort of this, a slightly more commercialized but really well produced version of this game coming out and and then you know when it comes to the gameplay i also think the gameplay looks really nice and smooth it plays like that old school feel i mean you have those kind of like mahjong style tiles that you're placing out there and you're 
attacking and defending. There's a lot of really interesting player interaction. Um, but yeah, it feels like a good mix of, uh, a, you know, a rummy cube, a mahjong, uh, you know, it's sort of that set collection there as well. So I'm really fascinated by this one. I definitely think, you know, it's going to look fantastic on the shelf as and on the table as well. So really excited for this new one called Tiger and Dragon. Yeah, um, I had never heard of this, but once, you know, I, I you know watched the video and everything that you, uh, the, the link here, I was excited. It looks like little Mahjong tiles. And, you know, mm-hmm. growing up, you know, we played Mahjong. I'm I'm a terrible Mahjong player, but I always love playing with the tiles. And that just reminds me of that. Uh, you had mentioned a Hanafuda deck. I've got a couple of those decks. I still don't know any games to play with it, Alex. So I might have to hit you up. Sure. How to yeah, I actually games. just ran an event recently where I taught uh, Huatu or Go Stop, which is like a Korean variant of using the Hanafuda deck. So I'm happy to teach you uh, maybe a Gen Con. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, Grant, any thoughts on uh Yeah, I mean, this is literally not what I had heard of until right now, but I really like Oink games. Uh, yes. And so they are somebody that I would happily check out anything that they put out. And, uh, you know, Deep Sea Adventure, Scout, they've got so many great uh, small box games. So this, I'm excited to check this one out too. Yeah. For sure. Awesome. I remember, I think they were at Gen Con last year and they had a booth, but it was like equally as small as all of their games were. Like it was just like a tiny little thing. And I was like, this is thematic. It's very thematic. <laughs> I remember uh, last year, Scout was like the big, the the hotness. And I remember yeah. like people literally going out with like piles of Scouts in their heads. Yeah, like 10, 20 copies. It was crazy. But, it's like Black Friday. It's crazy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Uh, let's move on to our, let's see, what number are we on? Uh, is it 10? 10. Uh, yeah, 10 is after or before 11. Oh, well, so. Yeah, yeah. your 10. Right? My 10. Well, are we on you? Yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, my 10 is a game I've been really excited about since last year. I heard, heard a little bit about it last year, but I got to meet the designer, Henry Audubon, last year. Wonderful gentleman. You may know him from games like Parks and Trails, which are two of my favorite gateway-style games. And he's got a new one coming up called Cosmoctopus. And, I mean, he had me at the name alone. That, that's like the one of the wackiest names ever, right? It is also literally over your shoulder right now. Yeah, well, I didn't see that, Grant. <laughs> um, folks, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, I will be doing a run-through it on my channel, Ruel Gaviola Tabletop Tonight. Um, my wife, Michelle, and I are going to play. But Cosmoctopus, folks... This is the inky realm. So you've got uh, this whole like cosmic octopus and (laughs) it's hilarious. And what you do is you're going to move along these tiles. It's an engine building resource management game. Gather resources um, and then set collection. You're trying to get these cards out. And what ultimately you want to do is to build your cosmoctopus there. And let me see if I can forward in the video a little bit. Um, you're going to be placing the pieces onto your little uh, uh, player board there. And you're just going to go around, and each time you're going to uh, grab a card, it's either going to give you the immediate effect or it's going to be an ongoing like engine building effect, so you're going to get those resources. There you go. You can see placing the tentacles, and it's a race. The first one to get the eight tentacles has you know explored the inky realms. They are the you know master of the universe or whatever, and um, that it's just so wacky. I love the theme is so like... I, you know, I was thinking to Henry Audubon, I, I know his games, Parks and Trails. I'm like, this has nothing to do with nature, but maybe it does. I don't know, but it's something I'm really looking forward to. I love his designs. They're very approachable. Um, this is a game that's going to take about 45 minutes to 60 minutes, and it does have a solo and a cooperative mode. So I think that right there will get Richard on board as well. But uh, that is Cockmoctopus. 
that's our number 10 on the list. Friends, any thoughts on yeah. that wacky game? This was also on my short list. Ah. Um, so it's nice. one I was very, uh, very excited as well. It's one of my favorite themes just in any game. Like, yeah. you know, to me, games, they're supposed to be fun first and foremost. That's why I like games. And so I love a game like this that clearly doesn't take itself too seriously, has some real strategy, but can still be played in under an hour, you know? Yes. Like, it's still got that, um, you know, and I do think, I've gotten to be friends with Henry too, and he's got one of the most interesting brains in board games. Like <laughs> I really enjoy talking to him and and having conversations with him because he just sees the world in interesting ways. And so I'm excited, kind of, for any game because he's he's you know he's he's thinking about stuff in a way that not everybody is. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, I I saw this one at Origins. I didn't get a chance to demo it, but um, I'm here for sort of this this you know branching off into the cosmic multiverse space. I mean, we've got yeah, Cosmic yeah. Frog and Cosmic Octopus now, so I'm excited to see what the next Cosmic Zoo animal is going to be. <laughs> uh, and and I'm wondering, like Parks, I feel like was kind of on the front end of this big like nature theme push in board games, just as like a trend. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see if Henry is going to continue to push the envelope and uh, if we're going to see a bunch more uh you know cosmic animals i think maybe like cosmic elephants or uh you know cause i don't know cosmic octopus is pretty good though so it's hard to beat it is um i will always vote for a cosmic pug of course but Ooh, you know, yeah, cosmic pugs folks uh okay so let's see what richard's got first at number nine Hey, gang. Okay, you're doing great so far. Um, Grant, I got to say, you have opened my eyes. Because I have to admit, when I first heard about Freelancers, I kind of dismissed it out of hand because it's a three-player minimum game, and so I can't play with Jen, so I'm not interested. Even though I'm really intrigued by the setting, and I love the idea of app integration into games. But then, because you posted, I figured, okay, I'll look at the game a little bit more. And I found the publisher uh, has a comment on Board Game Geek saying, oh yeah, by the way, we have two-player rules and solo rules officially in the box. And I'm like, what? Why is that the best kept secret in board gaming? Why isn't everybody talking about this? Nobody mentioned in any of the videos that you can play this as a two-player game and a solo game as well. Uh, I do not understand. But anyway, now color me very, very interesting in a game that I would have taken a total pass on before. So Grant, I owe you one. And then, oh, Alex, Tiger and Dragon. Well, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be great. I've never tried any of the games from Oink. This might be a good place to start since it's based on a game that's like 200 years old. Uh, what was it? I can't remember the name of the game. It said on Board Game Geek. Oh, uh, Goita. Or uh, Goita. Uh, yeah, looks pretty, and um, yeah, if you like that sort of thing. And then, well, what was yours? Oh, Cosmoctopus. Yeah, I talked about this last year when it was fundraising. I thought it looks really cool, great components, and they don't make a big deal about it because it's officially promoted as a competitive game, but it has solo and co-op rules as well, and that's what really pulls me in uh, working with you to stop the great and mighty Cosmoctopus instead of trying to help Cosmoctopus. I mean, uh, uh, oh wait, no, what is it? No, I think actually, yeah, we are working together to stop the investigators that are trying to stop Cosmoctopus. I think that's what it was. But anyway, it looks super sweet and charming, so I am certainly intrigued by it as well. 
But uh, next up on the list, now I've done talking about yours, uh, I have to say, folks, I am so incredibly excited for Barcelona. Now, this actually would have made the top of my list, except I've already played it. So I'm a little bit less excited, but it's still, uh, even though I've played it now a few times with Jen, makes it into my upper, upper echelon of must-have games from the show. This is from a relatively new designer, Danny Garcia, who comes from the video game industry, like me. And mark my words, folks, in a few years from now, I think we're going to be talking about Danny in the same breath as Alexander Pfister and other really, really top-tier designers because this game from Board and Dice is absolutely phenomenal. Such a sharp design and also the prettiest game that Board and Dice have ever put out. I've already put up a run-through on the channel uh, for folks who want to see it. I imagine we'll probably put a link for that down in the show notes so you can uh, learn more about the game after we are done. But... Oh my goodness. The uh, gameplay of the, what is it? It's a worker placement game, I should say, where each worker, depending on where you put it on the grid that represents the city streets of Barcelona, will activate two or three actions. The main thing about this game is every turn is either huge or monstrously huge. And it is so satisfying, so much fun to play. Just a beautiful design from a hot and upcoming designer, Danny Garcia. And that is number nine on the list, folks, Barcelona. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Yeah, I just got my copy of Barcelona in, started opening it up, and it's sitting on my shelf for opportunity, but it looks wonderful, and I can see why it's getting generating a lot of uh, early buzz uh, for Gen Con. Uh, any thoughts on Barcelona, Grant, and or Alex? Who's the publisher again? Is it is it Board and Dice? Board no, and Dice, is, yes. Yeah, I you know I just I think they've they don't have like a miss for me, you know, yeah. so far like. There are games that are better than other ones or that fit your personal preference more or whatnot, but I don't think they've made a bad game yet. And so yeah. I'm definitely happy to check this one out as well. Agreed. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I just see the cover art. The cover art is fantastic as well, you know. It's, yeah. So, you know, that's that's always a thing that'll draw you in, right, and draw new players in as well. And I love a good worker placement game, probably one of my favorite genres. So Same. Uh, I'm definitely excited to try, try this one out. Awesome. You know, the one thing I'm not looking forward to is a bunch of white people being like, it's Barcelona. Do you want to play Barcelona? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know it'll happen. You know it's going to happen. <laughs> totally. Oh. I just feel bad that I hope the demoers can like can like you know nip that in the bud you know yeah well we will see if they chatter but uh, Grant why don't you take us on to number eight yeah my number eight is Queen by Midnight 
from Darrington Press. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like a lot of gamers, I'm a real sucker for table presence and uh, production value and all that sort of stuff. And so Queen by Midnight just has this really, really cool production value. It is a deck building game. And it's like a battle royale deck building game. But there's this big clock tower centerpiece. And the clock tower, that you can roll dice through it. It tracks your turns. It offers cards that you can buy. So it it's really part of the gameplay, too. But it just looks so cool on the table. I also really love the theme in the game, a, The Queen Has Died. And they're essentially a battle royale of princesses this tournament of champions, if you will, and whoever wins that becomes the new queen. And so I just, I think that's a fun, I like deck building in general. So this is not one I've had a chance to play at all yet. So it's really, my hype is really uh, fueled by the table presence and the look of it, but it's enough to get me hyped. Oh yeah, that that dice tower. Oh man, we gotta take a look at that. That's crazy. Yeah, I need a slow mo replay. Look at slow mo replay. It's like it's like the Mysterium, the Mysterium clock with the wingspan dice tower. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, that looks amazing. Yeah, great choice. I I hadn't heard about this game uh, until you um, put on the list, Grant. And I noticed it's uh, Darrington Press. They're the the imprint from the Critical Role folks. So mm-hmm. yeah, they're the yeah. publishing arm of Critical Role. And I got a chance to see this in person at Gamma. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't doing like running games of it, but you know, gave me a, a sort of a walkthrough of the game and stuff. So it was enough nice. to get me get me excited about it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I've uh I I have a friend who is uh demoing for Darrington Press at, at Gen Con, so I'll have to see if I can get a sneak peek of this one. Nice. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, Alex, uh, let's move on to number seven, please. All right, number seven. Uh, although it does have a a, a nice looking cover similar to to Queen by Midnight, the uh, production value on this one is not nearly as big as Queen by Midnight because <laughs> Infiltrators is is my pick here. Uh, and Infiltrators is actually similar to a game like Regicide for some. Uh, if you've ever played that, Infiltrators is a game that is played with only a fifty two card deck. Right, so you're playing it essentially with a deck of cards, and uh, you you add in two jokers, so you get 54 cards in the deck, I suppose. But essentially, what it is, there's not a lot of uh, information. It's a Taiwanese game, I believe, um, but it, it is a cooperative deduction game. Uh, I love cooperative games. I love deduction games. If you if you've ever seen my top 10 on YouTube, then you know I had a, a, a several deduction games on there. Uh, but this one, it, it kind of feels like. Uh, the it, it feels like regicide meets hanabi if if that makes sense uh you are everybody has a secret card that is the suspect um that uh everyone else has to try to figure out and you have to deduce all of the suspects in the suspect deck before you run out of cards in the regular deck so it is a very kind of clever system on your turn you can you can ask for clues. You can give someone else a clue by saying, hey, your card, does your card match this suit? Or does this does your card match this value or something like that? There's a lot of really clever things. I love when games kind of take an existing structure and ideate on it. And that's exactly what's happening here is you are you're taking a 52 card deck and seeing what kind of games you can make out of it. So really excited for this one. It's an it's an import and just excited to see what it is like, because I thought Regicide was fantastic. Hanabi is a great cooperative game. So really excited to to see what this one pops out. 
Yeah, you had me at uh, Regicide. That type of, you know, game where it's really a standard deck of cards, but what designers can do within those limits, I, it always fascinates me. And then you throw in the Hanabi on top of that. That's going to be, that's a really interesting mix. And I, I can't wait to check it out. Yeah, that's another one I, I haven't heard of, but you you sold me on it. The way you described <laughs> it sounded cool. I also, you know, I like cooperative games. I'm not the best at deduction games, so I like when they're cooperative because I'm going to require you to do the heavy lifting. So, <laughs> there you go. Yes. So that makes me intrigued as well. 100%. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Great choice. Uh, moving right along, let's go to our number six is going to be um, my contribution to the list. Um I don't know, Alex and Grant, if you know how much of a Reiner Knizia fan I am. I am a huge Dr. K fan, the one and only good doctor, huge fan of his. And I love the fact that he comes out with like a thousand games a year because I can just <laughs> pick and choose, you know, and, and see, you know, what's out there. There are a couple of ones that, um, you know, are out there coming out that will be at Gen Con, such as Raw, the new edition from 25th Century, which is amazing. But I decided to go a little, I, I decided to go a little different with my choice. I wanted to pick something that might be flying under the radar. This one's our number six. It's a game called Pollen. Um, now, I'm really fascinated by this because um, this game is a re-implementation of a game called Samurai the Card Game. Now, Samurai is my all-time favorite Reiner Kenitsu game. It's the first one I played, and it's just, that's the one I, I played first. It's all my, my one true love. It's an area control game set in medieval Japan. But then they had a game called Samurai the Card Game, which took that game. It was basically an abstract sort of uh, area control game and made it into a card game, um, which does set collection and... Then this game, Pollen, redoes the theme. And uh, from what I understand, it does a, a few different things as well. Um, streamlines a bit of the actions. Uh, but it's a gorgeous game. Now, I think it's definitely more approachable. And what you're doing is laying down these tiles. And then when the tiles line up, you're going to be adding these tokens. Let's see. This is Jenna from the Board Game Garden. Wonderful uh, content creator. And as you can see there, there she is. Yeah, uh, placing down the tiles. And... It is the same type of a thing as Samurai where you do want the majority. In this case, I think it's like bugs or, you know, um, flowers or whatnot. It's pollen. So whatever the bees do, those things and butterflies. And as you get those majorities, that's where you take the cards and score them. And in typical Reiner Knizia fashion, I love this type of thing he always does. You're going to score three things. But the two thing, uh, the one that you score the most of is not going to count. You're going to look at the ones that you scored the least and second um, least uh, on. Mm. And I always love that twist because it prevents you from just going full on on the one thing, right? Like you have to have that balance. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Again, I think it's going off of most people's radars because we're all excited about the new edition of Raw, which of course is fantastic. But I think Pollen is uh, going to be a hit and I'm looking forward to that one. That's why it's our number six for our Gen Con list. Oh, this, yeah. this has been sitting on my shelf of shame for like two months. So really? you have convinced me. Oh, you oh have yeah. convinced me to go get it off of there. <laughs> I want to play, this, man. This game, I, I got a chance to demo this one at Origins, and it, it totally took me by surprise. Because okay. with the theme, right, you see, yo, this is like a nice little light, little. it's got little bugs in it and yeah. little flowers or whatever. It's very cute, right? And then you get into playing it, and I'm like, why do I want to you know beat these bugs like what's going on like what is going on like i played this and and one of the tricky parts with the end game scoring too that really got me was if one player gets to be gets the majority in two categories they automatically win so oh. it's like 
Okay. So if, if, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's exactly what happened is we were playing and then like, I was like competing with another player on one majority. And then all of a sudden the third player had the majority and there was no way that we could overtake him. And yeah. so he just ended up winning. And I was oh like, gosh. I can't believe that happened, but it's like, <laughs> you really have to be paying attention to all the players at the table yep. and all the different possibilities as the board gets built out. Plus uh, we also played with the fancy components that board game tables adds in, or sorry, all play adds in. And, yep. and uh, those little, extra components were actually fantastic in this game so awesome uh definitely excited that this one made the list oh great awesome i'm glad to hear that i was you know samurai the original game it does have that uh, i think it's whoever wins the majority of two different things wins so i'm glad they kept that in i i love that um okay let's move on let's see what richard's got for us at number five Take it away, Richard. Okay, this is why I love having different voices on the channel, because all three of you picked interesting stuff that probably would have escaped my notice. Um, But Grant, well, it must be nice having friends to play games with, uh, because you picked another three-player minimum game, and this time there seems to sadly be no stealthy solo mode. So uh, probably not for me, but I so trust and respect your opinion. I know the research you do. I watch your channel regularly. And so if you're putting it on the list, it must be worth sticking out. Queen by Midnight. And Alex, Infiltrators, looks like a very sweet, sharp little game. If you ever get a copy of it, bring it over, because I'd love to play it with you the next time we get together to film some run-throughs and well of course you're gonna pick a reiner kenitia game obviously i knew that but what i didn't expect was that while everybody else i'm sure in all their gen con previews is going to be talking about the big kenitia games you know your raw 25th century and your um oh what's the other one? Oh, my island everybody's going cuckoo for that uh, you go for the sweet little charming abstract game that no one's ever heard of pollen and that totally tracks although folks before i get to number five FYI, this is just the beginning. We're talking about 12 right now, but did you know there is an extended edition of this show? If you hit that eye up in the top right corner of the screen, you can watch the R&R&R Extended, where you'll see a bunch of extra stuff, a lot of banter, chit-chat with the audience, and we'll be doing, at least I will, I'm not sure about the other guys, some honorable mentions. So I'll tell you about, I think, seven more games that made my shortlist if you switch over to the, uh, what do you call it? The extended edition. You can do it right now. You're not going to miss anything. The eye is right there, or you can follow the links down in the show notes. But with that out of the way, folks, let us now talk about number five on the list. It is Brussels 1893 Belle Epoque. And now I covered Brussels 1893 a decade ago when it first came out. A very old video. You can still go watch it. I apologize for the shaky cam. Things are different now. But still, I got to say, Brussels has got to be one of the greatest worker placement games of all time in my top, top tier. Because the beautiful thing about this is every worker you place is doing triple duty. Um, They obviously activate whatever action you want to do in traditional worker placement form, but they are also making a bid for future actions. They are a bid in an auction that is simultaneously going on, and they are also contributing to an area majority minigame as well. So as you're placing your workers out on this central grid, there is so much to consider. This is so far above and beyond the traditional worker placement um, experience. I'm blown away by it then, and now now it's getting a nice uh, deluxe reprint with all new art, a bunch of tweaked rules, can't wait to see, and an expansion worth of new content thrown into the box, the Belle Epoque. I got rid of my very beloved, very... Uh, um, 
Oh, man, I've had it forever. For 10 years, my 10-year-old copy of Brussels 1893 went to the Dice Tower West Convention Library to make room on my shelf for Brussels 1893 Belle Epoque. And if I were there at Gen Con with you guys, I would push all of you out of the way to make sure I came home with a copy of number five, Brussels 1893. Wow. So Rich is pushing us out of the way to get to his uh, copy of Brussels 1893. I'll admit, I've not played this one. It's been on my radar for years, just for whatever reason, never got around. But if Richard's this hyped about it, I mean, I need to check it out at some point. Um, any thoughts uh, from Alex or Grant? I I will say my thoughts are that I love lists like this because I always learn about new games and I get even more excited about games that I already know about, right? So multiple of you guys are picking games that I'm like, yes, that was on my short list. And then also you guys are picking games where I'm like, what, how did that fly under my radar? And so I just, I love hearing about different games that this is not one that I knew about at all either. Yep. Oh, Alex, you're muted. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I, I feel the same way. I, I was definitely, uh, this one flew under my radar, but, uh, I, you know, it looks fantastic. And to know that Richard, <laughs> Richard is so uh, hyped up. I mean, he is much bigger in person than you would imagine. Right. You know, <laughs> so I could actually see him being able to box me out on this one. I, I'd be worried about that. So, uh, you know, if he wants to get to the table, I'll just make sure to take a difference. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if Richard plays basketball, but he definitely would, you know, post you up and, you know, dunk on you. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, we're, we're getting to the uh, nitty-gritty folks. So we're at number four now. Uh, it's back to Grant. All right. Uh, my number four is a game that I have played multiple times. I had the prototype of it, but I had to send it back, and I've been missing it ever since. It is Lunar Rush. Uh, this is from uh, Dead Alive Games, and this is only, I believe, their second game they're a small indie publisher uh and so this game is i i will say of my game group i have never had them ask me to play a game as much as they've asked me to play this one they are constantly like being like hey when's that game plan coming out when are you going to get a copy of it like for real we want to play that game again i took a picture of it at gamma they had like an early uh production copy and I was like, they were like, oh, are you bringing it home? And I was like, no, it's not out yet. And they were like, steal that copy. Please steal that copy. Uh, so it's a it's a game where um, you are putting resources on these spaceships and sending them to the moon. But you'll notice on the, the visual right now, there is a short track, a medium track, and a long track. So there is so much forward planning in the game because the short track – you can only put a couple of things on it, but you can use those this turn and you can build upgrades for your stuff. You can get more meeples, things like that. Whereas the long track, right? You can put like nine resources on it, but you're not going to get it for three turns. And so it it is it is one of those games that can be somewhat punishing where like you make a mistake and you are good luck recovering from that. You know what I mean? But I just think it's super interesting how you are sort of planning for both now and five turns from now at the same time. So, yeah. Wow. Um, I remember watching Kimberly's run through and I was fascinated by this as well, Grant. I'd like that whole, you know, 
what path are you going to choose? What are you planning for that, you know, planning? I'm, uh, admittedly, I'm not the best uh, um, planner. So a lot yeah. of my plans are like, oh, oh, well. <laughs> this is one of the only games where I realized that a mistake I made, like, right after I did it, where I was like, oh, I didn't think enough about my next turn, and I've blown it, and that just cost me the game. And I was like, Yo, I gotta take a walk around the house. <laughs> I'm gonna go and I'm gonna walk for a minute because I'm real mad at myself. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. This definitely. I mean, any of those these games with that like kind of action planning systems and things like that. Like, you know, you can see your doom impending as it's happening, and when you're powerless to stop it, it's just like, well, all right, I'm gonna go eat a snack or something. I need a Snickers. I need a Snickers. <laughs> Snickers yeah. Um, all right, great. Uh, Alex, what do you got for us at number three? All right, at the prestigious number three slot, my number one game that I'm looking forward to at Gen Con is a game called Wild Tiled West. Now, this game, uh, I can only hope, uh, has similarities to the Wild Wild West movie starring Will Smith, uh, one of the greatest films of all time, of course, as we all know. But uh, one of the things that really got me excited about this game is well, there's polyominoes. Love polyominoes. Isla Cats is one of my top games of all time. Love to, you know, have that kind of Tetris puzzle, but it looks like it has a bunch of other things going on. You know, I don't have a ton to go off of on Board Game Geek. I think there's, you know, there's uh, blurry photographic evidence and a couple of rule book uh, fragments here and there. So, but in general, you know, you are going to be. Uh, there's going to be tussles against bandits. There, you're going to be building different buildings in in your in your town. You're going to be collecting livestock and moving your mine cart and gathering gold. There's some d20s involved where you're rolling. So there's dice rolling, open drafting, polyomino, grid coverage, and things like that. And I am just super excited. Generally, you know, this it kind of reminds me of when I first uh, found out about Planet Unknown. I knew that I was going to like that game before I even played it. And this one falls into that same category as well. I mean, I also think it comes with a fantastic pedigree coming from the publisher Direwolf, who has done the whole Clank series and Dune Imperium, as well as the designer of those games, Paul Denon, who's the designer of this one. So I really think, you know, this one has a lot of things going for it. I've I've really enjoyed a lot of other uh, Paul Denon games. So I'm really stoked to to kind of see where this one nets out and and you know probably add this one to the collection if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, folks. Uh, that was our friends, uh, our family plays games. Uh, Mick and Sarah always do a wonderful job. Uh, that was their playthrough. I am excited about this one. This was another one that was on my short list as well, Alex. But you got the nod uh, this time. Well done. Um, you know, Polyominoes. You had me right there. That's that's all I need for a game, and um, I'm really excited to check this one out. Um, what about you, Grant? Are you a polyomino fan? Oh yeah, big time. This one was actually number one on my list that I submitted, <laughs> but you submitted your list first. Nice. <laughs> so I am also very stoked about this one. Uh, I got a chance to demo it at um, Gamma, and it's really fun. You know, they do a great job with the theme. I love the Wild West theme in general. It's very interesting the way you you roll these d20s and then you place those in specific spots and those are the tiles you can draft from. So it's really interesting just like where you're like, oh no, but I wanted that one, but you didn't roll that one. So too bad. You know? <laughs> and I love I love polyomino games and you know I 
being able to shoot bad guys and stuff like that is really fun. So I'm also very stoked about Wild Tile West. Awesome. Yeah, Yeah, it sounds like it's it's a pretty unanimous decision here then. and A lot of fans, so it's going to be a good one. It is. Cannot wait to play it. Um, We've got two more left, folks. Uh, Next one I've chosen... One that um, I think polyomino fans will like. This is my number two for the list. Uh, for the list is Neotopia. Uh, this is a game that was I had no idea was around until you know I started doing my research for this. There's not much on the web about it, but as you can see here, it's got beautiful components. It is tile lane, um, and you're going to be using these beautiful you know round uh, tokens. And I believe you're trying to again not much uh, on there yet, but there are tiles, and you're going to be using these to you know, uh, coordinate and uh, set yourself up for points and whatnot. And as you check out here, where it is it says building elements on three regions of the city, complete feature cards that you have. So, you know, again, uh, matching those patterns. But this is where it really gets interesting. And, you know, we just talked about Reiner Knizia. And this one here, you're going to score three different things. Uh, you score regions, you have your two highest scores, but then your lowest scoring region, you're going to triple that score. So it's a really interesting, I'm, I don't think I've seen that in a game where you take your lowest and triple it. So I'm fascinated by that. And, you know, it has tile lane, so of course I'm going to be into it. Um, and you're making patterns. This is the type of game that I know it's going to get to my table really quickly because my wife, Michelle, loves these type of ga- gateway plus games. And this one here, 30 to 60 minutes. Um, right now they've waited on BGGs too. So this is right in our wheelhouse. And I'm super excited. It's got the whole, you know, sci-fi element to it which i love and i'm super pumped about this this is neotopia had you guys heard about this one was this on your radar yeah a little bit uh i talked to robert from arcane wonders at origins who Mm. was very excited about this i will admit world wonders is also coming out from arcane wonders and i think that one was a little bit more on my hype train than neotopia was um both which have, you know, tile laying and stuff like that. But Robert was very excited about both of those games in a way that I haven't seen him excited about, you know, all the games that they are putting out. And so just his excitement got me excited as well. And like you, I love playing those Gateway Plus type games. That's probably the thing we play the most in our house. We love a game that has some strategy but plays in 45 minutes because a lot of times there's like, you know, we're like, we don't have game nights as much as like, hey, I got an hour before I got to go do this podcast. Anybody want to play a game sort of thing? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's perfect for that. Nice. 100%. Yeah. Gateway Plus is a huge, huge pull for my channel as well. You know, so, I mean, so, uh, this one seems cool. I mean, it's like Cascadia in space or something like that. You know? <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so uh, I feel like that that's going to play no regardless. So uh, I'm excited to see where this one nets out. Awesome. Cascadia Space, I love it. Okay, let's see what we've got at number one. Richard, take it away. Oh, very nice. Three excellent choices, I have to say. Kimberly Grant did a great run-through on the channel for uh, Lunar Rush. And I got to say, while I'm not the biggest fan of Pick Up and Deliver, she convinced me this is one that Jen and I would probably enjoy. And Alex, Wild Tiled West, is on its way to me right now. I'm hoping I can get my hands on it before the show starts so I can do a little bit of coverage, maybe. Although, unfortunately, it won't be here in time to play with you when you come down this week to... Uh, to 
do some more filming with me. And, uh, well, Neotopia, if you hadn't snagged it, it probably would have made my shortlist. I am super-duper excited about this one. I'm really a big fan of designer Orlando Saw. I've enjoyed quite a few of his games, and I'm always interested in what the publisher uh, Mebo has in store. Okay, so uh, those are some very good top picks, but the toppiest top pick of all, I think, has to go to Forbidden Jungle. I love the Forbidden series. Actually, that's not true. Forbidden Island, the first one, the gateway game from uh, designer Matt Leacock, was always a little too simple for me and Jen, but the second one in the Forbidden series, Desert, is still in my top 20 games of all time. And that is saying something. Uh, I mean, it's got incredible staying power. Now, not everybody was a big fan of the third game, Forbidden Sky, although I certainly dug it. Um, Although, not as much as Forbidden Desert, but... Looking at Jungle here, well, actually, it really has vibes of the original Forbidden Island to look at it. So, I am definitely, this is a big must-have for me. And, if all goes to plan, fingers crossed, I am going to get a review copy of this before Gen Con. And if I do, I will stop at nothing to make sure I get it played with Gen and filmed so that folks at the convention in Indianapolis will know what it feels like to play before they go pick it up themselves. Uh, long story short, I am a biggest uh, fan of Matt Leacock. I'm always up for what he's doing next, and I'm so excited to see the next chapter, but hopefully not the final chapter in the Forbidden series, Forbidden Jungle. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be very exciting. I am so jealous of everybody who's going to Gen Con. Uh, have a good time, everybody. Okay. And yeah, I figured this one was going to be on Richard's list somewhere. doesn't surprise me. It's the top. I know how much of a fan he is of Matt Leacock and Pandemic and the Forbidden series. Um, I can't wait to try this. I've always enjoyed the Forbidden series. Um, I tend to agree uh, Forbidden does is probably the, the best one uh, of the lot. But um, <clears throat> any thoughts from uh, you two guys? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, the tin yeah he loves the he's got you gotta love the tin gotta love the the forbidden series uh yeah i i have played uh i got burned by forbidden skies a little bit i think uh but um i'm excited to see the newest installment you know i i think you know if they go if it seems like it goes back to the dna of what the original one was i think i think that's a that's a good good move on their part so excited to see where this one goes Nice. Yeah, and I also agree that Forbidden Desert was the best one. Uh, though I think Forbidden Island is one of the best games to get people into games, right? Yeah. It's such a great cooperative game, has some strategy, but it's pretty easy to learn and stuff like that. For it, Forbidden Sky was too hard, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, yeah, I hope this one's not as hard as that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, friends, there you go. Our top 12 games at uh, Gen Con. Be sure to hit the show notes below because we have an extended edition we did live on Twitch and you can hear all the games that didn't make the short list. A lot of great recommendations there. Grant and Alex, thank you for joining me today and thanks to Richard for joining via the power of video. Really appreciate it. And folks, be sure to check out all those links. I want to thank again our sponsor, uh, Clarendon Games, the publishers of uh, Priorities. Uh, Be sure to check that out. And until next time, we'll see you later. So long. Bye-bye.